I did yeah. a marathon before dressed as a ninja turtle. But like, um, <laughs> it was like a onesie. It, not onesie, it was a morph suit. So I couldn't actually see, I couldn't really see too far ahead. It's <laughs> awesome. It was like, I did a marathon in like three and a half hours. Though. I was like, well, that's okay. <laughs> You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to the Run the Riot podcast. And today we kind of continue. There seems to be a common theme in a lot of the podcasts lately about uh, bad water. And that's not intentional. That's just kind of the way it's, it's happened. And also we're going to start another theme about runners from the UK. Um, today we're going to talk with Reese Jenkins. Uh, if you recognize that last name and you'll recognize the accent because uh, a few weeks ago I interviewed his brother. And so, um, man, just a great Great group of guys. I, I'm really interested in the running scene out there in the UK. Uh, it sounds like those guys just have a good time. Uh, and I just had a, I enjoyed visiting with Reese. Um, and I enjoyed a few weeks ago visiting with his brother Scott. And so just good guys, uh, doing some amazing races. Um, they both got into Badwater this year. Um, but they both, they both ran, uh, Reese particularly ran, uh, already by himself or with his own crew, self-supported or crew supported, uh, ran a Badwater double. And so, yeah, this, this, these guys are no stranger and Reese is no stranger to, uh, to doing some amazing runs. Uh, he's also done some canal races, 145 miles, uh, that you'll hear about. And so, um, really had a great conversation with him. I'm looking forward to following along with, with some of the things that he's got planned in the future, including Badwater. And so, uh, yeah, let's get cultured a little bit, man, and talk to another friend, another, uh, runner, another brother from the UK. Here we go. Good to have you on the podcast, man. Oh, thank you for having me, mate. It's really uh, it's cool to get on. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, so it is um, 2 o'clock here, and you're 7 o'clock over there, right? Yes, just gone 7 now. It's nice and dark over here and cold. <laughs> dark dark and cold. And uh, and so so what? just just out of curiosity, man, before we get to know you real good, what have you been up to today? You got any running in? No. So today was a bit of a taper day. So tomorrow I'm doing uh, 50 miles tomorrow so i'm uh, yeah it's a nice little rest day today put it that way (laughs) nice nice well man but uh let's 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 get everybody and get me because i i have a piece of paper here and i did a little bit of digging on you but um let's get everybody to know a little bit about you so so your name's reese jenkins you're 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 in the uk and you run a little bit so tell me how you got into running man no man um actually i got into running when i was in the usa so i worked at a summer camp for three summers in a row and one of my best friends rusty um he, he introduced me to sort of running really early in the morning so like 5 6 a.m i was just as the sun's coming up and we were in like lakewood pennsylvania so you're like in the hills it's like beautiful weather it's the middle of summer and i just sort of fell in love with it there and realized that it had massive impact on my team sport so i played a lot of rugby and football and i could understand that it really helped my fitness i was performing better and then sort of you know just sort of slowly progressed ran a half marathon, uh, progressed to a full marathon, 
And then I think nine, ten months later, we uh, decided to run across America. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So your brother told me about that. It was one of those things where I think so. So you were in the same boat that he was in because he had only done a marathon too, and so you you guys had bo- both only done a this 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 idea that hey we're just we're just gonna run across America. We're gonna run two thousand miles from yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was um. Well, I I spoke to Rusty. So Rusty, the guy who got me into running as well, and messaged him just sort of saying, I want to do something you know, I just want an adventure. And he was like, well, I've been planning this run. And I was like, okay, what's this run? And he was like, well, Boston to Austin, so 2,000 miles. And I was like, wow, that's exactly something that I want to get involved with. And then spoke to Scott, and then it got Scott involved as well. And yeah, up until that point, I think the furthest we'd run, I think we did a training run together, me and Scott, and I think it was about 20 miles. And I'd run an official marathon before, which was like Las Vegas in uh-huh. December time, so it was freezing cold. Um, so my running knowledge... I had the core running ability there, but my knowledge wasn't the greatest. So in terms of like recovery, uh, shoes, kit and stuff like that. And yeah. Austin to Austin was like a huge uh, learning curve for me. It was, uh, we threw ourselves in the deep end and we, we did sink for a bit. We sunk for about six weeks. And then <laughs> after the body sort of broke so much, it couldn't break anymore. And then you sort of saw this upward, uh, this sort of upward trend. And the, my, the mental mindset behind it, we sort of looked at it. Okay, it was running, but it looked more like a, a day job because we'd be out there for eight hours a day and you'd stop halfway through for lunch and stuff. So <laughs> it was uh, a lot more – after six weeks, it became a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> after six weeks. So um, so how many miles a day did, did you guys have to run to go from Boston to Austin? No. So what we did, we started off with the goal of running a marathon. And that was just simply because we knew it was a milestone. We knew it was, it was a bit of a mental milestone as well. Yeah. It sounded yeah. good to achieve that. And I think we quickly found after, well, <laughs> after the first day, I remember sitting down in a shower um, with my head in my hands like this. Like, what the <laughs> hell am I doing? Like sitting down in a stand-up shower thinking, oh, my good Lord, I've got like another 70 odd days on the road. How am I going to do this? And we, I think we managed about a week of putting in marathons and then the bodies were just in shock. They were just in a real bad state and we sort of lowered the mileage a bit. So we reduced it, but we continued running. And then we gradually, rather than just jumping straight to a marathon, we sort of phased it up, phased it up. And then by the end of it, we were running up to 30 miles, 40 miles a day, no problem at all. And I think one day, um, it was my dad's 61st birthday, me and Rusty, we ran 61 miles. Nice, so, nice. Yeah, it's just a nice little touch. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. And, and from what I, what I hear about people that do massive um, undertakings like that, especially over long periods of time, it's it's like, and it sounds like that was your experience. That eventually your body just says, "All right, I guess this is life now." So we're gonna, you know, your body just kind of adapts and 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 goes with it, you know. Yeah, um, the body went with it for a bit, but I think my knowledge improved in terms of like recovering throughout yeah. the run as well. Because I didn't know what to do at the start, and then I started eating better food, taking on more calories, uh, ice in the legs, yeah, having an ice bath and stuff, stretching more as well. And I think all of that just sort of added together. So by the end of it, I had a lot more knowledge and understanding, and my body was more like a machine. Whereas at the start, I was like a, a baby rattlesnake. I was just sort of going at it. <laughs> yeah. Did you um? Did you lose any? Did you lose weight during that whole thing, or how, how did your how did your body like look in 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 a in, yeah yeah how did it look afterwards? I mean, what it what no, changes did you notice? Yeah, I lost a lot of weight. Um, going into it because before that I was a massive rugby player, so I was quite muscly and quite big. And by the yeah. end of it, 
I'd lost a lot of weight, like really trimmed down a lot. And I had been eating a lot of calories anyway, but it's just impossible to keep any weight on whilst you're doing something like that. Yeah. But like in terms of appearance wise, I think the funniest thing was um, we actually, because we were running through the month of November, we did it for Movember, so for the mustache. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> by the end of the run, when we finished in like the start of December, I had this horrendous mustache going on <laughs> and we went to a Movember party. And I got up on stage. I was nominated for like the Lamo Award, which is like the worst <laughs> mustache going. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's cool, man. That's awesome. So, yeah. So, I mean, you guys just jumped, you know, jumped into that. And so, you, I mean, obviously, you you loved running, and and you know, from what I get from 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 you and and even your brother, you you kind of just have that extreme like to do big things you know like to challenge yourself and um so i mean that's a huge challenge so how do you go from that you know you jump into that and then and then go into other races like how did what was your next race after that what did you do i'm sure there was some recovery time after that where you didn't even want to think about running for a little while well it's weird you you sort of finished and because it was the start of december you went into holiday season so you yeah. had that automatic distraction of Christmas and sort of New Year's and sort of spending time with your family and sort of, you know, enjoying life. And then after that, it was a quick, it was a bit of like you were missing, you were missing a bit of yourself because you spent all this time, 70 days on the road. And then suddenly you didn't have to run for eight days, you know, after like all the distractions of Christmas had got out of the way, it became a bit of a, a weird thing to do because you didn't know what to train for. It's just like you're the huge chunk of your life missing. And after that, I organized, well, two things, actually. I organized a nonstop relay around the edge of Wales. So uh, Wales is my home country. And it is, um, it's beautiful, it's stunning. And we organized a six-man relay around the edge of it. And it was absolutely beautiful. We went nonstop. So we run around the clock. It was like April time. So the weather was, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't the greatest. So we did that and finished that. And I did, um, I did my first 100 mile, actually. And that there's a bit of a common theme with me in terms of how my running career went. It went from, um, I just like creating my own challenges. Yeah. So I created my own 100-mile run. And it was huh. from like a place called Aberystwyth to Cardiff, which is the capital of Wales. And it's like 105 miles. But um, I set it up and I took a friend of me and he crewed for me the whole way. And I think I did it in like 30 hours, which my 100, first 100 miles, it wasn't flat. It was really bumpy and mountainous and hilly. Um, I got to the end and I was just absolutely broken. But <laughs> I had that love for that feeling in a weird way. I love yeah. like this and, and that end point. You're just like, wow, I've achieved this amazing thing. And then within 24 hours, you sort of think, right, okay, what's next? What's yeah. next? Then, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of my challenges early on were sort of created by myself, like from my own mindset and just sort of wanting to explore an adventure and like the unknown of it, both mentally yeah. and physically. That's that's pretty tough because um, you know. I guess, you know, my first hundred miler was a, it was a race and, you know, you, you get a buckle at the end and you, you know, you're training for it. People know you're training for it. And I, I don't know, it's, it's a, um, I don't know, it's like it being a race, there's more of a, um, outside motivation to do it, to get it done. You know, it being an event, it's gotta be, you know, when you're out there, just you and your buddy, you're running a hundred, 105 miles. Even during a race, sometimes I'm thinking, this is stupid. Like, why am I doing this? This hurts. This sucks. And and for you to keep that motivation, though, to keep going, because it's it's not an event. There's there's no buckle at the end. It's just you and you challenging yourself. And so that takes yeah. some some 
some fortitude, man. Some, you know, <laughs> just some. It was um, the weather was terrible as well, so it rained pretty much <laughs> oh, really? the whole oh, time. Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't. My, I'd done the run across America, but sort of the first non-stop long distance was Aberystwyth to Cardiff, so 100 miles. And I tried eating like a load of pasta halfway through it, and it completely backfired and sat with me <laughs> for about 20 miles. It was yeah. horrendous feeling. Um, but I got it done, and like you said, there wasn't anything at the end. I treated myself to a McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> There's a common nice. theme here as well. So my my nickname growing up was Burger Boy. I, nice. I just love a, I love a burger basically. But, um, yeah. That's funny you said about your first hundred miler. So that was the was that the Cajun Coyote or the Coyote Cajun? Yeah, yeah, Cajun, Cajun Cajun Coyote. Yeah, man. Nice man. And you finished fifth, didn't you? Was that? I think so. Yeah, I think it was fifth. You know, I was reading up before it came <laughs> on. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? And here's a little something. Uh, I, I think I was actually fourth because uh, you remember Kelly Agnew, who um, who was caught cheating in the porta potties and all that. Yeah. You remember him? He was running that race. I saw some sketchy stuff during that race with him, but I didn't know at the time. This was 2013, and oh, he wow. ended up he ended up winning it. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure I was uh, one more up than uh, fifth place. But anyway, that's just <laughs> okay. We won't go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, man. Um, if, if ever you guys are looking for a, a that that race is now called the Lugaru. It's the same right. same area in the the uh, swamps of southern Louisiana. Uh, that's yeah. a good race, man. If ever you guys are looking for a Louisiana race, you know, and some good food too. Uh, oh, and really? A, yeah, a good friend of mine puts it on, and uh, you 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 guys would get a you get a cool experience doing that, man. So you might want to put that on your list, you know. <laughs> man, I was um, we uh, did a cycle across America, and we were followed by like a a, a food vehicle the whole way. And the yeah. chef was from Louisiana, so some of the really? food he made, yes, it was incredible, man. We were having like smoked salmon at the side of the road <laughs> in the middle of nowhere nice. with all these Cajun spices. It was incredible. Nice. How did you manage getting somebody from Louisiana to, to, to do that? How, how did that happen? Um, because there was four of us. We did from Seattle to Miami. Actually, we ended up in uh, Daytona. We finished in Daytona. Okay. Um, and we were lucky enough to be supported by a, a company, I think they're called Taylor's. And their, their, their whole being is uh, they have a solution for anything. And we were like, our problem is we don't know what to eat when we're on the road for this long. And yeah. they were like, okay, we'll just get you a support vehicle <laughs> for the whole way. And this tr- food truck followed us. Um, it would uh, appear at morning, lunch, and dinner. And they'd just come and find us. They'd sleep in the wagon. And they were incredible. Like They'd fill up our coolers for us. So they'd just bring you a new cooler every time. And it would be like oh, everything that you could dream of, protein shakes, Chocolate bars, sweets, crisps, everything. Dude, that's that's amazing. That's really cool. <laughs> we felt like VIP. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Okay, so so uh, so you ran from from it was from Boston to Austin, right? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and then and then well, this uh, that was what 2012 when when you guys did uh, that or 2010 that was 2010. Okay. Well, okay. Now, when did you do the the cycling across America? When was that? That, I think was... that was 2013. About 2012, 2013. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. How, how did you? How did you? Is that something you you guys came up with, or or yeah, just yeah, something? Yeah. So okay. it was um, massively the start of like I think the first five years was mainly just us coming up with these challenges and just seeing if it was possible, seeing if it had been done before, and uh, wanted to do something for charity as well. So we did that in memory of a good friend of ours, Paul Woodland, who sadly lost his life. He was part of the services. Mm. Um, actually he's an active marine so um, we wanted to do it in memory of him so four of us just set off and uh, did a non-stop recycle relay the whole way <laughs> nice nice uh, yeah. 
So, oh, and I wanted to ask you this: um, um, when you guys uh, the the relay that you guys did around Wales, so you um, how would you do? Did y'all? Because I've I've done a relay before, um, but not quite so far. Um, yeah. Uh, 126 miles, I think, but we, we would have a, a van where everybody else would be in and just meet at certain yeah. checkpoints and swap out. Is that how you guys did it around Wales? <laughs> I was, cause we, again, we were still learning. Um, yeah. so it wasn't actually, there wasn't six, it was nine of us on the minibus. Okay. So the way it worked was so if it was me, you and my brother, we'd be in our own little pod of free. So I'd <laughs> run, then you, then my brother, then me, then you, then my brother, and we would cover an hour each. So in that duration, you're covering six hours, okay? Whilst yeah. in the back of the minibus, everybody else is trying to sleep, everybody else is trying to eat. So we literally were self-contained in this one minibus the whole way around. We had one <laughs> driver, so we were having to jump in and out to sort of drive as well at certain points. And it was just, it was with an incredible bunch of people who literally just took on the challenge and embraced it for what it was. It was horrendous, but it was... Um, <laughs> Those living conditions weren't the greatest, but I, I just was going to say that bus must have must not have smelled real good after a few days. <laughs> well, we called ourselves the pit monkeys by the end of it because we stunk so badly. It was horrendous, man. That's awesome. I, I, I'm not surprised though. I, I, you know, I run with people like that that would take that on and just do it. You know, it's it's awesome. <laughs> so okay, so you 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 you're creating all these these awesome events and, and these things you're doing these challenges for charity. What was your first actual um like hundred mile race? What was the first one where you you know that you actually did? Do you remember offhand? Yeah, no, no. So my first official one hundred yeah. mile race um, was actually two thousand eighteen. So actually not too oh, long. Oh wow. Ago. Okay. So you yeah. you've been doing these crazy things for a while. I mean, I'm sure you've done like you've done some other races, race races. Yeah. 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 I've done like a uh, long distance, like over hundred miles and other things as well. But um, the first official one hundred yeah. mile race was actually a hundred forty five mile race. So um, <laughs> it was called the Grand Union Canal, and that is one hundred forty five miles from Birmingham to London. And it's uh, non-stop, so it's uh, but it's along the canal, so it's flat. So there's like yeah. the only incline you get is over the bridges. So it's yeah. um, it sounds like easy running flat for that long, but yeah. it's really not. It's it just uh, frozen. It's weird. You get a weird feeling because it's a narrow canal path. You got the the canal to your left or right, depending on what side you're on. But then you've got hedges either side, so it just feels like a green tunnel the whole way. Yeah. You do sort of get tunnel vision in a weird sense of the term. It's um. It's a, you should have a go. It's a fantastic event. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. And, and I started, you know, I'm new to some of the races you guys have there, but y'all, you have a lot of like 145 miles, 130 miles, like, you know, these, these crazy distances. And I think the closest, the closest I did to that, I did 126.2 miles in Louisiana. And yeah. that was just on a levee, super flat. And like the Mississippi River on one side and, mm-hmm. you know, nothing. Yeah, it was pretty. And that was pretty monotonous. I can't imagine being in like a green tunnel the whole day. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, well, that summer was actually quite relentless for me. So that was my first hundred mile race. Yeah. And yeah. then um, a couple of weeks later, I did 24 marathons in 24 days. Oh, wow. Um, finished that. Two days after finishing that, I had another 145 mile race so that was from <laughs> bristol to london along another canal and then a month later i had another canal race which was 130 miles from liverpool to leeds and basically if you can complete the whole canals in one summer it's called the canal slam yeah yeah so i did that in 2018 which was um, pretty special but with the 24 marathons amongst it it was quite testing but actually those 24 marathons in 24 days 
were like um, really great training for the next yeah. race. And I actually, um, it was the quickest I've ever run 145 miles. It was like, well, it was the second time I'd only run it anyway, but it was like 36 hours, which I was extremely like, I was, I was just like, yeah, that's, that's really good to me. I was like, oh, chuffed the term is. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Man. Yeah, that's, that's an intense time to do Canal Slam and 26. Mar- and so what was the 26 marathons in 26 days? Is it just one of your challenges you did? Yeah, so um, it was 24 and 24. And it was oh, for, 24, um, sorry. No, that's OK, man. The reason is it the reason it was 24 and 24 is because my friend, um, he does a lot of challenges and he does 24 hour events. Yeah. And he sort of breaks his body for 24 hours. He's an amazing guy. His name's Josh and he's got cystic fibrosis. Okay. And um, he set up his own charity, which is uh, CF Warriors. And it basically encourages kids with CF to do exercise. Okay, That's basically the idea behind it. And I've always said that I wanted to do something for, something for him. And the, the window appeared just in, in between those canal races. There was a yeah. window of opportunity. And I took it. And it was like, we, we don't really get heat waves in the, over in the UK. <laughs> and we had 24 days of beautiful <laughs> sun. It was just amazing. I got so yeah. lucky with it. But the idea behind it was the 24 and 24 is it's quite a strong number. And it was that like Josh does all these 24 hour challenges. And I just wanted to do it to sort of help him and achieve what he wants to do as well. So, yeah, it was um, I managed to maintain a full time job while doing it as well, which was wow. um, quite. Yeah, they were quite flexible. I turn up a little bit late to work or I'd be like <laughs> half asleep at my desk or I'd be eating a lot of food at my desk. But it was uh, it was a hell of an experience and one where I got to. Uh, I'm a bit of a loner when it comes to running. Like I just go out and I'll just run. And yeah. during that event, um, I had so many people come and run with me. It was just, um, it was incredible. I did got really, I got to see the the running community in Wales at its best. It was fantastic. That's cool. That I, I'm kind of the same way with uh, when I'm training and all. Most of my times early in the morning, running by myself, you know, doing my, you know, doing my thing. And um, yeah, and that's why I I enjoy the races getting to because you know, you get to run with people a lot of times, you know, at least for a while. And then you end up in no man's land for hours, but you know, it's like, but it's always, it's always nice to, you know, to be around running community and stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, that, that's, that's cool. So, um, yeah. And so that 2018, your first uh, official. And so what was after that? What did you do after that? Um, what did I do after that? So we finished that, that finished in sort of August time. And yeah. actually, in between all that as well, I got married. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no, well, you know, was, I meant I meant to ask you when you when you did the Boston to Austin. I was like, I was gonna ask, were you married then? Because that's a long time. To, that's why you could do it. Because if you were married, there was no way yeah. you were leaving no. for seventy days. <laughs> okay. No, my, my, yeah, my wife's very. Um, she comes and supports me on all these things as well. So um, finished the August, the last race that year, and actually we went on a bit of a mini honeymoon. We went to France for a little bit and just recovered and. Sort of traveled around just did nothing really uh, that was the end of the year and then last year i was lucky enough to get drawn to badwater so in 2019 i got to run badwater and i managed to do two of two of the canal races again last year as well so last year was another busy year which yeah is, um, i've been building for badwater for about 10 years so it was incredible have you been so you got in and ran badwater last year had, had you been trying to get in previous years um, so I guess my journey for Badwater, I, I first heard about it when um, I ran across America and it was just yeah. because we were finishing every day and you just get bored of watching TV and I just started looking on the net and you come across like an article and I was like, oh wow, that looks insane. And I, I, you know, that the, the seed was planted, shall we say, in 2010 and then 2014 I sort of bit the bullet and um, 
I, I again it's that common theme I, I just went oh okay well I don't think I'll ever get in the race so I'll just go over there and run the route so I took one friend of me and his name's John he's actually one of my best men as well and he um he crewed me the whole way so I ran the actual bad water route um non-stop and that was just an eye-opener completely because I'd heard about the race. I hadn't really looked at like the topography and like how it goes up and down and all the mountains you go over. Um, I knew about the heat, so I prepared for yeah. that. Yeah. But getting there was just um, getting out of the car and it just felt like I was in hell straight away. The heat was just like relentless. <laughs> um, but after that, went back in 2015 with my brother and took him there. Um, he did a solo crossing and I actually did a double. So I went one way and turned around and came back the other way. So I managed to get a double in. <laughs> And then 2016, we, me and my brother, we went back again and we did a solo crossing. Um, and in 2017, went back, did it again, uh, solo crossing, and then took the year off in 2018 to sort of uh, try and work on my running CV. So I think 2016, 2017, I actually applied for the race officially. Yeah, and yeah. I had a polite response basically saying, you've done some amazing things, but in terms of like the criteria, you haven't really met anything at all, which is it's completely understandable because I'm creating my own challenges. I'm doing my own thing. I, I could be saying I'm doing it, you know, anything I wanted to really. Right. And there's not actually that physical proof of like somebody just saying he ran this race. So unfortunately I obviously just got rejected, but it was one of those things where they took the time to tell me what I needed to do. So that's, that's why 2018 was so intense in terms of working on myself, preparing myself for, if I could just apply for the race and yeah, um, didn't really, I wasn't sure if I get in. So I'd literally, you always have that little, you know, yeah, nugget, yeah. little crumb of hope. And me and my wife, we spent, you get about two weeks putting the application when it's released. And we spent the whole two weeks, literally just working through it, rewriting it, ripping it up, rewriting it, ripping <laughs> it up and just making sure that I got across everything that I'd achieved, but then also applied uh the official stuff the the races i'd ran and so on and such and yeah it was just like that moment when my name got written off um it was just incredible i'm actually sitting where i found out at the time well I, i'm sitting where i was when i found out at the moment yeah and it was just uh i was li- i was like about around the 80th person to get read off so only 100 people get to run it every year yeah, so like, yeah. It was this, the tension was building up and i was like oh my god <laughs> i'm gonna have to go run like spartathlon i'm gonna have to try and get <laughs> something amazing on my running CV to just get noticed and then literally my name got read off, read off and it was just like wow after all these years of building towards it now it's going to get an opportunity at least to try and tackle the official race that's cool so so how was this because because I, I trying to put my, myself in your shoes you you had crossed you you've you had crossed it single crossed it well uh, you said two or three twice and then double crossed it you did a double crossing once yeah so so you were familiar with with the with the the place and the terrain and everything how was it different when you're standing there at the starting line for the actual bad water compared to what you have you'd already done oh man it was um i'm smiling now because it just makes me so like it's just incredible um, yeah i, I see it actually, on your face man i see it <laughs> actually getting there so we um we we thought we'd left enough time to get to the start and i was in the first wave and we were literally in a rush so we weren't speeding to get there but we were like just trying to get there in time, get there in time. And you're looking at your clock and you're going, oh my God, I'm going to be the first person that turns up late to bad water. And, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to get a chance to forget being the first ever Welsh person to run it. I'm going to be the first ever person not to just turn up and like miss out on the opportunity. <laughs> so I had that stress going as we got there and um, it turned up and they were like, oh my God, 
uh, I was number 11. They were like, on oh, number 11, we thought you weren't going to show. Like, I, they genuinely thought I wasn't going to show because oh, I was that man. late. Yeah. And they quickly threw me on the scales, weighed my weight, and then just got me to the start line. And my uh, lines up had the American uh, National Anthem. And I just sort of remember looking around and just re- recognizing all these people because I do love bad water as a whole way of life and sort of everything that goes with it. And you just recognize all these people you've read about over the years. And it's like, you're a little bit starstruck to start off with. And then you sort <laughs> yeah. of like, right, okay, switch on because you've got 135 miles now <laughs> through a very um, hot place, shall we say. And then Chris, yeah. the uh, race director, who's like a great character, he's just like, just remember not to think about the 135 of scor- 35 miles of scorch in the uh, highway in front of you. And he was like, okay, thanks <laughs> yeah. for reminding me. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> the first, like, how it was different. Um, so when you start off, you start off in a wave, and there's about 30 of you in a wave, and you start at nighttime. And soon after you get going, you sort of try finding your place within the race because you're sort of running on the side of a road. So you're overtaking or you're being overtaken. And then it starts getting dark and then you put the blinky lights on. So you have like all this fluorescent stuff going on. But what I hadn't really accounted for was having 30 other people out there with me with all these blinky lights going off in your face. And you imagine if somebody just puts a light in your face for a while, it's going to play with your mind and sort of your yeah. eyes and give you a bit of a headache. I didn't even think and of that. that. Really got, yeah, it really got me in the first night. But if you take every person's support vehicle as well, who's pulling over the side of the road and they're putting their flashing lights on as well. You've got that aspect to it. Yeah. So the way I can describe it is the first couple of miles, um, it was like when, when kids come out of school and their parents are trying to spot them, like yeah. literally their support, my support crew are trying to find me, someone else is trying to find them. Because it's dark, you can't really make it. Yeah. So you're, like, you're trying to like see, is it them, is it not? And if it's not, you carry on running. And it was just like, it took a while to get into the groove. And then suddenly you sort of just clicked and then you found your place in the race and then just got going. And it takes me a while to get into my groove. And then when I get going, I have a really short stride and it's almost like a, it's almost like a train. My feet don't really leave the floor. And I just, some people say it's a shuffle. And I just get going like that. And um, yeah, that was the one thing that caught me out really, which I hadn't had before because I was only over there by myself in the previous years. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, to- yeah, to- totally different. And I'm trying to think, so you, yeah, you ran it last year and it just turns out, I know quite a, you know, just happened to know quite a, there were three guys from Louisiana that got in where that's where I'm from. Right. And that's, that's unusual. And just some others that, uh, that got in. So, I mean, yeah, you were running with, with a lot of, just a lot of awesome guys, you know, and, uh, who, who, do you have the names at all? Oh, uh, uh, Walker Higgins. Uh, he, yes, he was, okay. Yeah, yeah, he he's he's a friend of mine. Uh, and there's just a, a few other. I did the uh, the interview with um with uh oh um Josh Stevens, uh yeah, yeah and then some just 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 yeah. So a lot of lot of lot of good guys out there, just out there, you know, ha- hammering it or who worked hard to get out there. And so it was it's pretty exciting. Uh, you said um you you were sitting right there when you got the news. I was watching my friend uh, Walker Higgins. When uh, he did a live feed um, of of him while he was waiting to hear if his name would be called, and uh, yeah, he got teary eyed, man. He was because yeah, he had busted it, you know, and did a lot of lot of races and like you, everything was he, to get into Badwater. Everything he did was you know, and when he got in, and he'll be there again this year. So yeah, I did uh, see. I saw his name down. He, he's a bit of a legend, isn't he? 
<laughs> he, he, he's he, yeah he's he's paving his way out there so he's he's a good dude he's he's a real good dude so 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 tell me this man so you you got in you went you did the race and um so tell well tell me let's talk about your that a little bit more about the race you got started yeah you, know, you kind of you know got into the groove after after yeah. uh, you know a little bit different there what um was there anything you know you you had done it before you had run it before but was there anything that that was different for you that surprised you during the race you know or yeah. did you just kind of hit autopilot and you're like i know this and you just kind of kind of did it you, yeah, so the previous years, of like, I struggled in certain areas Sorry, Are you good? of the race um, where I've like really cramped quite badly or I suffered quite uh, with the heat and stuff. Yeah. And it's ju- it always comes after 18 miles, so after the first checkpoint. So I got the first checkpoint, which is about 18 miles at Furnace Creek, which is uh, the hottest place on earth. It's like where the hottest temperature has ever been recorded, but it's the middle of the night, so it's it's hot, but it's not as hot as it could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I remember turning up, and the guys were just like, "Wow, you put some weight on." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, you put weight on because I'd been drinking so much salt, and like, I'd got a bit of a pot belly going. I was, I was running shit topless because I was so hot over there. I was just like, take the top off, put the fluorescent stuff on, get the lights on me, and just let me go." And yeah, they were like, "Wow, you've managed to gain weight whilst running 18 miles. That's quite That's impressive." Crazy. So you need to stop drinking salt now. We need to just give you water and flush through whatever's in your system. And it was always our game plan to the next section where I've always suffered in previous years was to just lower the heart rate and go slow, get through that section and get to the first time station, which is about 50 miles in. And that worked. Uh, The technique worked for me. I got through that section okay. And there's a part in the race where you get to stovepipe wells and I needed the toilet quite badly. And you have an option. There's not many toilets on the route at all. And basically, it was either go at like a the mosquito or the mesquite sand dunes. Got to them is either like a little cabin where I could go in or wait till I get to one of the towns. Yeah. And I was like, well, there's going to be more people going in the town, so just go at this little wag uh, shack at the side of the road. So I was like, I'll go for that. I remember sitting down. It was just like dawn time. So it was about five, six a.m. And something like ran across my feet, and I'm terrible with stuff like that. We don't get it. <laughs> That's and crazy. My, my headlamp just like switch, like switches straight away, and it's like a scorpion that ran across my feet. Oh man! It's like I hate anything like that coming from Wales. We don't. We, we have big ants. That's the most we get. That's the closest <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> Which I was like, I was like, right, okay, quickly, let's get. I just got myself together and got the hell out of there. <laughs> and when you get to stove after that, the town is um, stove by Wales, and that's where every runner so you have the free waves and that's where everybody starts coming together because yeah. you get the fast people catching the middle mid-paced people mid people catching the slow people so then you're all there and the people overtaking one another got the stovepipe wells and then after that you got a climb of about 10 miles to go to get to the first time station so it was always the first aim was to get to that time station within the, the cut off time otherwise you're not in the race so it was always it was almost like bad what was two races Last year for me, the first 50, and then the yeah. following 85 miles. That's crazy to say that anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember getting up. That time station is like halfway up a climb. So you sort of get up there, and you get to the time station, and you're like, oh, okay, wicked. I've got past there with like an hour and a half, two hours saved. And then you've still got like a six-mile incline to get to the top of this mountain. And I think it's uh, Towns Pass, and you get to the top, and it was, um, you can look back and see where you've came from, or you look forward and you can see where you're going. 
And it's yeah. just like one of those things, it just puts it all into perspective how small you are in the whole grand scheme of things. Oh, and you, you can hear um, jet fires. So jet fires are quite common in Death Valley. So that's where they go to train. Oh, okay. And basically, you could hear something like roaring through the sky and you're like looking around and it was like dropping down into the valley in front of you. And it's so small that it just looks like a car. It's like tiny. It's just like, it shows how big the valley is when there's a plane shooting down the middle of it. You're like, oh my crap. Like, I've got to cross over this valley and there's like a flying plane going down the middle of it. <laughs> like, that doesn't even look big. Like, oh my God, I've got ages to go. But um, you get to the top of um, Town Pass and you get, I think it's about nine miles downhill, which is, it sounds nice, but your legs are broken. You're already tired because you're getting to the top of that. And that was the part in the race where previously I've done well in. But last year I sucked at. I was I had no energy levels. I was really suffering. The sun was coming back up. It was becoming the hottest part of the race, basically. And it's um, you're probably familiar with the photo of the lone runner running across the valley floor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that part of the race where because you start in the night now, that is officially the hottest part of the race because the sun is about noon time and it yeah. just baits you for about I think it's about seven miles across this valley floor. Yeah, uh, the wind kicks up, the sand kicks up. And I was just in a bad place mentally and I hadn't really eaten much as well up until that point. And um, I got across the other side and the guy said, there's another town on the other side. There's only three towns, four towns on the whole route. And they'd managed to get me a, a cheeseburger again, going back <laughs> nice, to the cheeseburger. Burger boy. <laughs> <laughs> burger boy strikes again. And they gave me this burger and it was like a side of pasta. And I just remember chewing on it. it was the, I, I just didn't want to eat it, but I knew it had to go in my system and managed to chew that down in about half an hour. It took me ages to eat it. Uh, whilst I was doing that, they were like sort of massaging my legs and stuff. And yeah, um, after that town, it sort of goes up uphill again to like Father Crowley Point. And that's about another nine miles uphill. But that was probably my strongest part of the race. After I'd eaten that food, I sort of woke up again. Yeah. And because I started going back uphill out of the valley, it was late afternoon. So I knew the hardest part of the race was behind me. So in a weird way, no, not in a weird way, in a good way, I had like one of those worries lifted off my head completely because I thought if I've got through the hot part of the race, yeah, I don't really have to go back to that now. So, well then, you're not going to get like that screwed over now by the heat as long as you're sensible. Yeah. And yeah, that, what was it, from about 70 miles up until about 90 miles went really well for me um, up until Darwin. And Darwin is another uh, checkpoint time station, however you want to call it. And I remember just looking at the crew and myself as well. And we were all just absolutely knackered, like as you would be anyway. We've been up for about 24 hours, but because it's a late start anyway, you're up yeah. in the day anyway. So you're technically up for about 36 hours at that point. Yeah. And you can just see in the crew's eyes and what they were doing and what I was doing. It was, uh, it was starting that you could see the wheels coming off a little bit. And we decided to take a 10, 20 minute nap. Well, actually, it's about half an hour we agreed on. And we pulled over at the side of the road. And um, the, uh, one of my mates got a shoebox, gave it to me. And he's like, well, just put your head on here. It's really comfy. And I was just in no, imposition. I was in no position to argue. I just put my head down. <laughs> and I, within seconds, I was completely asleep. And then I was just snapped out of it. I was completely like, straight away. I was like, oh, my God, I've been sleeping for hours. Like, got out of the car. And the first thing you do is like, right, okay, if I time myself out of the race, you just start panicking. You don't really think straight. And I just started running down the road and just started, I was like, whatever time I've lost, I can potentially get back if I just done it for a while. 
and they got caught up to me and they were like, what are you doing? I was like, what, what do you mean? They like, well, you've only been sleeping for 10 minutes. You, you promised us like half an hour. You've ruined it for everybody. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. It was just like, it must have been the, uh, the deepest sleep I've ever had. And it was, um, it worked a dream because the rest of the race went really well for me. Um, before we'd taken that break, I actually forgot to say, um, I was, you're allowed paces in bad water as well. Yeah. And one of my buddies, Lawrence, was there. He's actually my coach. And I remember looking to him and sort of like tapping him on the shoulder and like, going, is that, what's that up there? <laughs> He's like, oh, I can see that. So I was like, okay, so I'm not hallucinating. There's something weird up there. And it looked like a, a dancing car. So it was just like bouncing back and forth. And I was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> and we got up to it and it was actually two cars that had, um, they'd stopped over on the side of the road, but they put their blinking lights on at different oh, times. So, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it was nighttime and dark. We couldn't actually see the vehicle. So we just like, it's just going like this back and forth in front of us. So we were like, oh, maybe it's time to take a bit of a break yeah. by now. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was the close I got to hallucinating. It wasn't hallucinating. It was just playing with my mind. Yeah. Um, give me, I'm just going to have to put my uh, charger on. If you give me one second, mate. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Sorry. Go. Yeah, no problem, man. There you go. That, there you go. You're not going to lose me that easily. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, after the break there, I managed to, uh, you are probably, where were we? Just after Darwin. So I say just after, it was probably about 10 miles after Darwin. So about 100 miles into the race. And it's still nighttime. And you can see everybody else ahead of you. And you can see the finish line. And you can just see these lights queuing up. So it was, it was nice in a way. It looked like Christmas lights queuing all the way to the top of um, old Mount Whitney, Whitney, uh, Whitney portals. And I was like, wow, that's for every light that went around the corner. I was like, that's somebody achieving bad water in their dream. And then I quickly realized, I was like, oh my God, I still got like 35 miles to go till I even get close to that. <laughs> yeah. Which is, The pace I was going at was going to take a long time. <laughs> um, but we managed to get it done. I had a couple of foot, feet, foot issues in the last 20 miles where my feet were just in absolute tatters. I remember demanding I take my shoes off and switch them, switch them, put the new shoes on. And I was like, I ran two yards. I was like, I can't run any. He took them off and yeah. put the old shoes back on. <laughs> you, um, you, you, you were being one of those runners, huh? <laughs> I was being guys. a diva, massive diva. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and... The last 13 miles is uh, it's really uphill to get to the finish line. It, it makes you work ask, for it. I was going to ask you about that climb because everybody says that climb is because you are already got all these the miles under your feet and you're just tired and it's relentless from what I hear. So, yeah, how, how was that last climb for you? It, it is quite relentless. Um, <laughs> well, at the bottom, you, again, you're going to see another common thing here. I had a McDonald's at the bottom of that climb because it's like you're in Lone Pine. So they, Lone Pine's the biggest town of them all. So you have like all the franchises and stuff. So they got me a McDonald's breakfast. And um, that climb, like, it's, it is relentless, but in a way it's nice because you know after that's over, there's no more heat, there's no more climbing. You finish that line, you can just lay down and you're done. Um, yeah. And it's quite it's cool because you look in front of you like oh that's not that steep but it's because it's so big that it's, it's actually very very steep and it just looks flat because it keeps going all the way up and about three miles from the top 
you have the switchbacks, so the famous photo of the, the switchbacks at Badwater. And those are a moment in the race where it becomes even more steep. And it's like, oh, my God, when is this going <laughs> to like cease to, you know, when is it going like, to relent and just give you a bit of a break? But if you take a moment and actually turn around, um, you can actually see where you've come from. And you can see, like, Death Valley. You can see the heat coming out of the valley. It's, it's the right <sighs> time of day. And you're just like, wow, this is, like, insane. It's incredible. It's amazing. And then you turn the corner, and it's in the word of a lie. It's just like, it's like an oasis. Um, it's, to me, it's one of the most peaceful places on earth because, again, it's like the end of this amazing journey through the desert and through Death Valley. And you turn the corner, it's just like there's forest, there's trees, there's alpine, there's lakes, there's a little river, there's streams. It's, it's just like absolutely beautiful. And you turn the corner and you make it to the finish line. But about a mile away from the finish line, the crew come down and then you sort of, you walk it in together and you sort of talk, you don't, you know, you just talk about what you've gone through, how thankful you are for having them by your side. And it's just a really emotional time, which it was weird crossing the line because I'd worked so hard to get there for 10 years. Um, it was bittersweet because I was finishing this 10 year dream and in a way I didn't want it to end. I wanted it to continue, but I wouldn't know if it would continue until this year because I wasn't sure if I'd get back in, yeah. which I have got back in. So yeah, now the 10 yeah. year dream has become an 11 year adventure, which is yeah. amazing. And yeah, getting that buckle and shaking Chris's hand and sort of hugging my crew and my brother and stuff was just yeah, a highlight in my life I'll never forget. Yeah, that's that's amazing, man. And so, I mean, yeah, so everything, you know, you pointed to that and huge challenge, you know, you, you dealt with, I mean, you overcame the issues, the feet issues, the delirium issues, the being a diva issues. <laughs> and, 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 and then, and, and so it's kind of like, like you said earlier, though, you go through something like that. It's so tough. But then, you know, uh, how soon was it that you knew you were going to put in again? <laughs> um, to me, I, I knew before I started the race that I'd be putting in again. Because gotcha. um, it, it's a life goal of mine to do that race as many times as I can nice. in my lifetime. And yeah. I'd like to do that. If it's back to back, amazing. If it's not, then it, so be it. But I will be applying every year as long as I, you know, as long as I'm fit enough to get into it and do myself justice, I'll be applying for it. So I knew before I finished, yeah. and it, after doing and going through that ordeal, it just hammered it home even more that I knew I'd be going back again. Or not, no, I didn't knew I'd be going yeah, back. I knew yeah. I'd be, be, be applying at least to get back into it. And yeah, I've been lucky enough to get back in again. <laughs> that, that's awesome. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I guess, you know, you were, you know, you hoped, you kind of thought maybe, well, I did it already, so they, I should get back in, but there's always that doubt while you're listening, you know, like, will I get in again, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and to be honest, my prep for getting in in 2020 started in 2019 before I actually ran Badwater because I did another canal race in the lead up to it. So 145 miles, I got that in, in on my CV before I did Badwater. And then actually, I think it was 10 days after finishing Badwater, I'd signed up to another race, which I'd signed up to before I got into Badwater. And I'm one of those people where I've signed up. I said I do for charity, so I've got to have a go at it. And it was, again, it was one of the canal races and it was 145 miles. So within 10 days of finishing Bad War, I managed to do another 145 mile race. Wow. And I, I really sh I probably shouldn't have been there. I wasn't in a massively fit state. <clears throat> um, yeah. I got it done. It was a massive struggle. Um, it was the race I did the previous year in 36 hours. And I, last year I did it in like 42 hours. So it added, what's that, six hours on top. Yeah. It took me an extra yeah. six hours. Um, and it was just, uh, it was, it was brutal. It was, again, it was a really hot part of the summer in the UK. We don't get that. 
<laughs> but in that race, it was absolutely baking. I remember finishing that race. I was really broken at the end of that race. I was like, I need a bit of a rest and stuff. And um, But I, I managed to achieve it. And it was something, again, which I'm extremely proud of. And I do love the canal races. They're run by like some amazing people. It's really like a, a family feel. I think the yeah. best way to put it. And it's, yeah, it's this a really nice event. And yeah, something I really love doing as well. Yeah, that, that's it. That's that's so because um, I've done pretty close races where I've done a, a, a big one and then try to do another one pretty close. And and um, when you go to do that second one, sometimes you're at the starting line and you're like, you know, I feel all right. I feel OK. Um, how long into that canal race did you did you realize that maybe I'm not OK? <laughs> um, well, I ran it with my brother and I ran it with another friend yeah. and between us. The wheels came off on every single person there. So to start <laughs> yeah. off with, I think my brother suffered. So I had that focus of looking after him. And then soon after he was suffering, I started suffering. And then he looked after me. And then Steve, the other guy was with us, he started suffering. So then we started looking at him. So we had that little distraction of looking after people. Yeah. Um, but quite soon into that race, I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't be here. And at the start, the start line, the race director, Keith, he came over to me. He was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I was like, I signed up. I wanted to have a go at it. He's like, well, I'm going to keep a, a close eye on you to make sure you don't do anything stupid. And I was like, okay, yeah. that's fine. So throughout the whole race, I felt like I had a target on the back of my head. Like, so when I went through the checkpoint, I'd go through the checkpoint, but actually smiling, and then go 100 yards past the checkpoint to my own support crew, and I'd just fall on the floor and just like see the, you know, how I was actually feeling, just to hide it from the race directors and stuff. That's that's funny. So so you, you you got in for next year again, and the sweet thing is is that you're gonna your brother got in too. How that's pretty awesome, man. Two two brothers yeah. both getting in, and uh, how how did you? Now I don't remember what the order was. Um, who who found out first that they were getting in for for uh 2020? Uh, so it was me. So instead of waiting till the end this time, I got in quite soon. So I was in like the first 20 or 30 people. So okay. I got to enjoy watching the video for the whole, the rest of it. I was obviously worried because um, the numbers did tick down and Scott's name wasn't being read off. And I was like, uh, there's a chance he may not get selected. But I knew deep down that he'd done enough to get in. So you just have to trust in yourself at the end of the day. And he got in, which is fantastic. But in terms of running it, we're going to be racing each other. So right. not racing each other. It's a separate race, should we say. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We're not do, we've got separate support crew because we both want our own experiences from doing it because we've right. run over there previously together. We've had that experience of being side by side. Yeah. And it, it's difficult to stick together through that sort of, uh, or the, the heat, the terrain. Yeah. yeah. And for that distance, um, you only have to be slightly different in pace and that can create a huge gap and that can be a massive problem over there something which could be a very dangerous problem yeah so yeah, yeah we're both having our own separate experiences this year yeah. although we're in the same starting wave so oh you okay because we'll start- when, when i talked with him we, you didn't know if y'all were going to be in the same waves or not and um but he told me y'all were going to you know each doing your own thing which is which is smart you know yeah so yeah we um so i've gone for the 36 hour race 36 hours 36 to 40 hours i went for and i think scott went for the same one as well and we're both starting together but yeah, it will be two separate people out there running yeah. together or separately, depending on how our pace goes. So it's yeah. cool. Yeah, it'll nice be good. Somebody else is out there. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And and it's like one of those things where you're you're um, kind of like with everybody out there when you're racing with people you know when you when you're racing you're each you're each running your own race a lot of times and you want each other to do really well um, but but you're running your own race you know you're doing your your thing you want you want 
to do your best, you want him to do his best, you know? You know it's the first time I get to call him rookie because I'm a veteran now. So I've got <laughs> nice. that over him at least. <laughs> nice, nice. So, uh, so uh, you don't have to say anything, but uh, who's, who's going to win? Out of you and your oh, brother. Who's going to win? Yeah, I yeah, have yeah. no idea. Yeah, um, okay, I'm just, I'm just trying to stir the pot a little bit here. <laughs> you, you can stir it. You can stir if you want. We like stirring it ourselves anyway. I figured that. I figured. Um, I genuinely think, I think we're both out there to get to the finish line. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, is, you see like people go through, like somebody that could win the race one year could actually DNF the next year. So it's impossible to sort of predict that in a way. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we'll be going out there and trying to do our best and, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be fun watching you guys. Y- y'all are both y'all are both good guys, and uh, it, it you know, and I'll be watching quite a few you know folks out there and seeing how you guys are doing. For some reason, interviewing a lot of y'all, kind of stirring that little spark in me. I've never had a desire to to run Badwater. I've just because of the heat I, I i love the mountains and i love some other stuff but but after um because uh when walker got in you know we talked a little bit about you know crewing but he wanted people to yeah. crew him that wanted to be in it uh eventually yeah. and i was like well you know if you need me to crew I, I i'll be glad to come help you but as of right now i don't have any desire to be you know i got other other things i'm doing you know and um but I don't know. You guys are sparking some stuff in me, and my wife's gonna hate to hear that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it's um. I think well, he's got a really good point there, though. Like giving other people the chance to sort of get that experience over there. So last year, I had my brother as my uh, crew chief, so, so then it would add to his uh, application and sort yeah. of CV for applying for the race. But like my other support crew are incredible as well. So the guy that had been over there by himself with me and got me through it, I took him with me because I knew he when the when it all hit the fan, he'd be there to help me. And he's fantastic. And then took my coach with me who sort of understand mechanics and how my body works and my heart rate. So he's really constantly monitoring me. And then the fourth guy was actually um, my sports masseuse. So in terms of like a whole crew, they had different skill sets, which really worked well together. And they all got on, they knew one another. And it was just the, the crew, the ones that get you through bad water completely. And they really delivered last year. And they'll deliver again this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's awesome. I, um, uh, it's funny you say that cause I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing the two hundreds this year and I'm, you know, working on, you know, my crew and who can be there and all that. And, um, you know, my, uh, my chiropractor who also helps me with all my, my things going on, he may be coming for some and, you know, and uh, yeah. it's kind of fun putting together cause you don't know what you're going to need exactly, but you know, when you need it, you want it, you know, you need it, you know, so. Completely, mate. Like, literally, I, I, one thing I'd say is make sure you get different skill sets to complement one another. And, like, looking, we're already planning now for this year, obviously, and we've got, like, photos of the vehicle from last year and where things are placed to. And, like, just sitting down with the guys that are crewing me this year, and they're just like, we don't need that, we don't need that, we don't need that. So now from last year, we know that we can go lighter and take stuff out, which we don't need, and leave more space for more important things maybe where you can put down a mat and somewhere where i don't have to put my head on a shoebox so i can actually get a solid <laughs> half an hour nap rather than 10 minutes you know yeah, um, yeah. we're learning as we go and i'll continue learning every time i do that race because it's just fine-tuning stuff over there now really making sure like keeping on top of your hydration and having the stuff which you know work for you because obviously the heat can play around with your stomach and everything quite easily you know yeah. and something i love eating is uh apart from burgers i like fresh fruit as well so like okay. watermelon and like pineapple and blueberries. So we'll be yeah. making more space for more ice this year to have more of that, basically. 
Well, that was my next question on, on what do you eat while you're running and watermelons one that I don't, I don't eat a lot of watermelon normally, but for a race, man, I just like, especially when it's hot, I really like yeah. that. What, what else besides water, you know, besides fruit and burgers, do you, do you put anything in your, like for hydration and stuff? I gotta, is there anything you special? Got contrast, you got fruit and then you got food. <laughs> and yeah. in <laughs> I eat a lot of like beef jerky and nuts. Um, yeah. that stuff I just like the taste of and I eat it and it's quite easy to, oh, you can chew on it for a while or the nuts can go down quite easily um, in terms of drinks I use Noon so N-U-U-N Noon Hydration yeah. and they have, they have like different they have like endurance and then they have hydrate and then they have recovery so they have these things which I can use at different parts throughout the race so like um, one of my biggest things as well which I need to learn and do better is actually the food I eat eat it at the right time of day so if it's a breakfast have something which is a breakfast food rather than try and you know don't have a beef burger at 6 a.m in the morning it's not going to work <laughs> um and then like lunchtime have lunch food and dinner time have dinner food and try to normalize it as much as possible because the body's used to processing that food as well yeah. um what else do we have like chocolate sweets stuff like that um yeah. throughout the years of going over there and doing it by myself i've learned that caffeine doesn't work well for me really? um it will help me for like the last 20 miles but anything before that it really uh, causes cramps and I sort of lose the buzz after a while. So I tried to hold off on the caffeine for as much as possible. I've yeah. actually stopped it now. I think about five weeks ago, I stopped drinking caffeine now. So I'm already like, I'm just not going to have caffeine now until I get over there. And then when I need it, I just give myself an injection of it and get going. Um, nice. Drinks wise though, yeah, Coca-Cola, can't really drink that because that's got caffeine as well. So like Fanta and stuff like that, I drink. Um, oh, coconut, um, coconut water. Yeah, that's really. I swear by. Yeah. Okay. And pomegranate seeds. So one of my good things, you get some coconut water and like a shaker, you put it in there, you get pomegranate seeds and pour them in and then you just sort of just shake it around and then you can drink seeds. And the huh. seeds have like everything you need and they've got all the nutrients and stuff. So it's quite a good way to get, it's not a lot of calories, but it's more about the nutrients and replenishing that way. Yeah, yeah. Stuff I use. Oh, that's good. So uh, you, you told me uh, you, you got a 50 mile training run tomorrow and and so you're, you're, you're in the throes of, of training. And, uh, what is your, I don't know, what do you max out with for your training week when you're training for something like Badwater or one of your big races? What's your mileage yeah. look like? No, um, a couple of weeks before the event, the mileage drops completely and it's just more about the heat and just sitting in a sauna because we don't have that over here. Yeah. Um, but no, it can, it will be averaging about hundred miles a week, something like that. And okay. build up to the, um, a lot of hill repeats of just like low heart rates going up and down, up and down. And just trying to replicate those mountain ranges, you got to go. You've got to go over three mountain ranges, yeah. and those climbs. I think what 16 miles, nine miles, and 13 miles. So they are long climbs. They're not short, and they're not flat. They they are steep as well. Yeah. So a lot of my training is focused on hills. Um, my, my speed. I don't really work. I have like one session a week where it's like increasing my heart rate, really like maxing out on it, and trying to stretch it. I guess is the way I look at it. Yeah. The other stuff is just low and controlled heart rate looking after myself. I do do a lot of strength training as well. And by a lot, I, it's not like, um, it's three days a week. So I'll just, three sessions yeah. a week even. It's like half an hour just going in there and just sort of, uh, you know, doing compound exercises like squats and deadlifts, stuff which helps with functional muscles when you're mm -hmm. running. Yeah. So like, um, I'm terrible in my flexibility. I wish I was better. Same, same man. That's, that's something I do a lot of. Like, I, I've, I wish I like in 2010, no, wouldn't go anywhere near stretching. But now I'm doing it like three times a day, just to try and yeah, get myself back to where I should be really. And it's helping over time. Like I get a sports massage every week and 
sort of really tried to take care of myself and sort of recovery and that side of things. But in the lead up to it, it's just so many different things to think about. And like the hundred miles puts a lot of pre- hundred miles a week does put a lot of pressure on the body. Yeah. Like if I take care of myself, I know I can sort of get that distance every week and you know not be in a bad way and know that it actually adds a bit of you know it's doing me benefit rather than the negative and um i think since i started when i when i train now it's weird because i look at it like some people look at training like they have to empty the tank and empty the tank and empty the tank whereas i look at training now for me because i'm doing low and controlled it's more like i'm fueling the tank so i'm just like okay. adding a bit more every time i'm not trying to i'm trying to finish the session not feeling too tired or ruined if that makes sense yeah so then i know that actually next time i do it i'll feel a bit better and a bit better after that so then when yeah. i go to that valley i'll be able to do 50 miles and think oh, okay i'm going to be tired don't get me wrong but right. i won't be in a bad way such wood. Yeah. it's like you grow, grow in the tank making a bigger tank <laughs> exactly yeah yeah to take yeah. more fuel on or whatnot um but yeah because tomorrow i was supposed to be doing um cape fear over in uh, north carolina which is oh yeah miles. And that got cancelled because of everything that's going on at the moment, unfortunately. But obviously, there's bigger things than running at yeah. the moment. But in terms of, yeah, I'm just going out by myself. Uh, my wife created me a route. Because um, we're in Wales, we're blessed with castles. So I'm doing a 50-mile route, and it takes in 10 castles along the really? way. Yeah, that, so I'll be getting cool. loads of photos. Yeah, it'd be cool. It's just, you know, it's a nice, it's a little twist, and it's different, and the scenery changes a lot. So it'd be cool. Yeah. I've got to get out there, man. I got. To, I need to go check that out. It sounds really, really cool. <laughs> I know. You'll have to come over because um, I organize my own events as well now. So from create, for creating them for myself, I'm now creating them for other people. And I like watching other people do the stuff now as well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Then you guess, you, I'll give you free entry into whatever races you want, man. If you oh, come man. Over, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, so well, tell me about that. I, I meant to bring that up earlier. So so you're you're doing some race directing now. You've got tell me about your the events you're putting on or what what do you, what you do no 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 of course man so unfortunately we've had to postpone our two events which are coming up till the end of the year because of the virus but um we have four events this year um they range from 30 miles up to 50 miles and wales is a really uh, beautiful and bumpy country so there's lots of hills and we we made people go up and down as many as we can <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think the reason I got into it is because I'm quite passionate about Wales. It'll probably come across that way as well. Um, that I want to showcase the country, yeah. I, I, showcase it because it is truly a beautiful place to run, and we're blessed with some amazing trails. The weather, not so much, but in terms of trails, we can compete with anyone. It's absolutely beautiful over here, and it's just yeah, the Irish are fantastic about shouting about themselves, and I want to do the same for Wales. And my my medium is through creating events and getting more people here to do them. Nice, nice, nice. That's awesome. Well, uh, we'll make sure, and uh, I want to put a link to, to your how people can find your races and all that too. Um, you know, in the in the show notes. So definitely want to want to put that out there. So. Thank you. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So, so, uh, so you're training training for Badwater. Uh, I mean, that's kind of everything's pointing toward that right now. Um, I'm sure there's a a little bit of kind of like like myself with some of the races I've got coming up. You know, you're praying they they happen you know but but you got to train nonetheless you know you got to got to get yourself ready um, yeah completely you got to prepare for it haven't you yeah yeah so um bad water and then what's what do you have after that what's what's next what's no um i do if all the races happen this year then yeah. um so what have i got in may time oh i'm supposed to be over in the u.s in april actually doing salton sea which is like 80 okay. mile run uh, with a, yeah. a buddy from Texas, Brian Hill, 
I'm supposed to be doing that with him, but chances are that that may not happen because what we're doing, what's happening at the moment. So yeah. um, I'm preparing for it. This is called yeah. off, and I have another race which is in May, and that is the Canal Race, the one which I first okay. did with my qualifier. I'm doing that again, so that would be the third year in a row which I've done that race, and it's fantastic. Um, after that, will be uh, in June. I'm doing a 24-hour challenge, and it's going back to what I like doing creating my own challenge so i'm doing a 24-hour challenge around my local park which is about 100 yards down the road yeah i'm just going to go round and round and round and round and the idea is to do it for mind which is a mental health charity and encourage more people to come out and run with me and i'll be out there every hour of the day so hopefully somebody can come out and say hello and put a lap in with me it's only like a three mile lap so it's uh i'll be doing a lot of laps for that way (laughs) that's cool that's awesome um then july time a bad war, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, followed by at the end of July, um, I'm doing that other canal race as well. <laughs> does, does it fall ten days after bad water again? <laughs> yeah. You know, no, I got lucky this year because bad water is at the start of July, and this one's in the last weekend of July, oh, so I've got like fifteen or twenty days or I'll something. I got a whole that. fifteen days to rest, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, so I'm doing that one again, and then um, I'm trying. No, not trying. I am, but we haven't nailed down a date yet going to do something which you've done actually and i was going to ask you about it the rim to rim to rim challenge yes 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 i'm going to be heading over and having a crack at that yeah man at that uh, yeah you need to you need to do that you'll 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 love it i did um i i kind of jump into stuff i had never been to the grand canyon and wanted to go so me and some friends said well let's go and let's run it you know so we, we we got there one day drove to the grand canyon and looked at it and was like wow and then we got up early the next morning and we ran it um you know uh i'm sure which it sounds like you do you know you just got to do your homework and see make sure where you can get water and um we had our our lunch waiting for us at the phantom ranch a little bag of lunch uh so we did that and uh we just we slugged it out man and it it was it was beautiful i i i can't wait to do it again It, it was pretty awesome Hey, come with me. I'm I'm going with a couple of friends. Uh, hopefully, October, November time, which I've been well, let, let, let me let me know if I can fit it in, man. I'll, I'll I'll come join you. That that would be amazing. Well, October maybe if it depends when it is, because October I'll be running. Um, I'll be doing a uh, Moab 240. Yes, but you will be. if it if it's after that or November, it's a possibility. <laughs> Oh man, you can you can be our running guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, but man, yeah, definitely got you 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 would yeah you'll you'll love it. It's amazing. Have you been to the Grand Canyon before? I've been there. I've never gone down into it. So um, okay. actually, no, that's a lie. I've taken. Uh, I've been there on the the top of it, and then I've also been to Vegas and took a helicopter from Vegas okay. into the canyon and back out. And I'm terrible flyer, so being on that. <laughs> I was petrified. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, if I can help with anything, there's a few Facebook groups and stuff to, for people. Oh, really? rent- yeah, yeah. I'll send you an invite to it because um, there's a, they put out all the updates on what you know what where you can get water and and because sometimes um you know they shut off the water in certain areas so you, you got to kind of that's the big thing you got to make sure you can get hydrated because it could it can be dangerous if if you're not careful. Um, yeah. But um, but you know, if you plan it out, it, it's it's amazing. There were some people when we were coming out um, that were in a rough way, like they they didn't know if they they couldn't go anymore, 
Um, and they had just basically people who had gone down to the bottom wearing flip flops and uh, one little bottle of water, just not, you know, people not thinking, being right. stupid. And, you know, there are signs there saying, be careful because you could die. <laughs> you know, it's like, and, uh, but, uh, anyway, yeah, it's, you'll love it. It's going to be, it's right. going to be one of those experiences that you'll, you'll, you'll always remember for sure. Yeah, it's on the list. And then when I was reading up on you, I was like, Oh, we've got to ask him about that. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll say, I'll, I'll definitely send you the, the info on that group and stuff. And, uh, yeah. And, and who knows, maybe, maybe I could even join you guys. That would be awesome. Yeah, well, you're invited. So if you can, yeah, okay. awesome. Awesome. Well, um, so, so, uh, yeah, so uh, Badwater, and then uh, you know who knows what what will happen after. You got rim to rim to rim, and the adventure will just kind of continue, you know, after after that. Yeah, I've got in my yeah. Badwater is going to be the focus moving forward every year. But then I, I do want. I haven't. I really want to have a go at a quad crossing. So okay. Like going wow. there, back, there, back. That's something which would be about a, f- a few years away, basically. Okay. Um, something I'd love a crack at and see how i do yeah wow yeah. that that's awesome <laughs> i just love the place i think it's like beautiful and uh I, I, something about the heat which keeps taking me back there and yeah it's just um have you been to death valley yet or no i haven't i haven't it's just coming from wales we're used to just green mountains and this is just like where you start below sea level in the race and the route and some sadistic person put a sign halfway up the mountain saying like where the sea level is. And you're like, ah, that's where like, I'm usually on the beach here. So yeah. you're running uphill from the start, but it's just the mountains shoot out of the desert and like, you've got the sand dunes, the wildlife and there's coyotes out there and stuff. It's just really, it's cool. It's amazing. So, yeah. Well, but, but okay. So beside the, the quad crossing and like rim to rim to rim, what else is on your, your bucket list or any other races that you, you look at and you think, man, I, I need to, I need to do that. What else, what else you got on your list? Yeah, there's a couple more, man. So, um, Spartathlon, um, yeah. I was, I think I was six minutes out from being able to apply wow. this year. Yeah. Which it was the way, um, the, the point system goes and so on and such. It was like, um, the, the race I did was 145 miles. And I think the distance was like 135 miles for like 36 hours or something like that. So I did 145 miles. And I did like six, 36 hours and six minutes. So I did more distance and missed out for six minutes. Oh, I man. Like, I know. So I need to um, I need to work on that. And yeah. one way to work on that is by doing a faster bad water time this year and potentially getting into that, um, hopefully, or maybe next year or the year after. I, I'm happy to wait, play the long game, basically, and get yeah, there eventually. Yeah. Um, and then I've been doing a lot. I, so I downloaded a book not long ago, um, like 27 crossings across america by foot so i don't know if you've heard of it no i hadn't heard of that i'll send you the link and it's basically 27 separate stories of people that have run across america by foot and that could be uh self-support that could be with a crew but it's 27 perspectives on who's done it and there's amazing people that have done it previously and obviously we did boston to austin um back in 2010 and there's something which is like that it was across America, but it wasn't across America. If that makes sense, it wasn't the whole yeah. way. So right. there's that, there's that thousand miles, which, um, you know, there's, there's something yeah. there which will happen eventually. Um, <laughs> so yeah, a crossing across America would be pretty sweet. And it's, you, it's on the list. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're, you're becoming a, a UK version of uh Mars Ulrich, man. He's, he did the quad crossing and he's run across America and yeah. <laughs> he's, my running, he's one, he's one of my running heroes, man. Seriously. Marshall yeah. Ulrich. Yeah. He's, uh, if you read his books, man, 
Oh yeah, yeah. I, ha- I hadn't read the new one out. Now I had him on the podcast uh, about a month ago. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You need oh, to check it out. He, he's just talking yeah. about some of the things he's done, and yeah, it was pretty awesome. I had like a phone call with him about five years ago. He won't remember, but I'll remember. And he was just giving me advice on Death Valley, which is pretty uh, surreal. But reading his latest book, it's like the, the things he's done is just uh, it's absolutely insane. Like when he circumnavigated Death Valley by himself or with his mates in the yeah. middle of summer. Yeah. yeah, he talks about it. He said he actually got pretty dangerous because I think he was like 60. He was 60 something at the time, 65 or something like what? what? You know, water like every 30 miles or something. Yeah. You know what, what was crazy? I did a race in uh, when I was pre- preparing for Tahoe. I did a race in Colorado and it started at midnight. Uh, it was a 50 yeah. mile race while the 100 mile race was going on. And so I'm sitting there waiting for the pre-race meeting and somebody sat down on the side of me. And I look over and it was him. And I was like, hey, you're Mozo, you know, you're Marshall Ulrich. And so we, he was training for Badwater uh, when the last time that he he tried he attempted to do it for the race. And uh, so he was just there doing there, you know, doing it as a training run. So I, you know, talked with him and I was like, hey, what's up? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I'd love to meet him in person. But yeah, that's yeah, uh, yeah. pretty but special. I, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I I was I was too uh, too scared to get a selfie with him though. I didn't want to seem like a dork, you know. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so. but I wish I'd done that with more people at Badwater last year. I was like looking around. I was like, I recognize you. Yeah. I was like, oh, you can't you can't ask him for a selfie because you're going to be racing against him soon. No, no, you you got to just calm down a second. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I'll get more photos this year for sure. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, it's stuff to remember, but you know, you want to remember those moments and all. It's pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, true, man. That's awesome, though. <laughs> yeah. So, so, man, hey, b- before we, uh, and before we get off, and I'll, I'll make sure I'm going to have all your links on there. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of people following you and, and your brother, especially during Badwater. Um, it's just a, it's a cool story that you, you guys are both in there. And, and of course, I, I'm going to be following. I'll, I'll keep, be keeping up with all that you're doing because I think it's a, uh, I think it's awesome. Uh, I just like, I don't know. I, I like, I like the races you're doing and stuff too, but I, I like that you're doing these, uh, these events, you know, just, just low key out there putting in miles, you know, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> but, but before we get off, I, I want to ask, cause I, I like to, to know, and people like to know like what, uh, we talked already about your nutrition and stuff, but, but like, what kind of pack are you using, um, when you do like the canal race or, or even for bad water, do you use the same thing or what kind of hydration pack you use? No. Um, so with bad water, I just run with two bottles, um, in my hands. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't like the, um, the pipes which come out of the bag. I just, I think it leaves a bit of a plastic taste in your mouth. If you yeah. understand what I mean, yeah. um, it's not the best. Um, and it just flaps around and stuff and gets in the way to me, it does anyway. Um, so yeah, I just run with two bottles in my hands and then literally when I see the support crew, they, um, right, you're done. They'll fill me back up. If yeah. I'm not, then they'll make me drink it there and then, cause then it means they can keep a tally on how much I'm drinking as I go throughout the race. Yeah. So, I like yeah, that about cool. bottles too. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I had like this sort of bottle last year, so just a usual drink bottle. But I want the ones where you put your fist through it and then you hold it like, a, you know, like, a, I don't know, like it's a handle, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's something I'm going to try this year. Big fists, just water running forward with me, man. Um, yeah, in terms of hydration, that's what I do. I just find it easier to do little and often if it's in front of my face, whereas if it's behind me, I may sometimes forget to drink it and then wheels can completely come off if you're not staying on top of it and in terms of topping up your drink as you can see in your crew it's just easier to take the lid off than rather take the bag and pack out and get them up again 
Yeah, I, I, and I find I kind of find I used to do the the hydration pack, but it's also hard to regulate what you're drinking because you you know yeah. you fill the pack, but it sits at the bottom, and with with a, a bottle, even if I use the packs that hold the bottles a lot, but I can I can look and and make sure I'm drinking enough. So yeah, yeah, right right on with that. Right. Um, what, uh, what, what shoes you wearing, man? What do you, what do you prefer? No. So, um, when I first started doing all these things in Death Valley, I was, uh, I was a new balance fan massively. But then as soon as I started looking at it completely and sort of spoke to a friend who works in a shoe shop, um, marathon sports, the one which is on the finish line of the Boston marathon. So he works in there. So okay. he's quite, um, he's an amazing guy himself. He's got some wicked stories. Um, but he sort of guided me towards so- Sokini, Sosini, however yeah, people yeah, pronounce it. Yeah. And I use the Ride ISOs. They got okay. a nice little cushion in there, lightweight. And I've used those since 2017. So I've done like all the 145 mile races in them and I've never had issues. Like you get blisters and stuff, but in terms of a support shoe, they're, they're fantastic. I'm a neutral anyway, so they fit on nicely. Um, if you get them, if you get last year's, not this year's and they're a lot cheaper as well so <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love a bargain as well so yeah i use sosony and i'll run bad water again in sosony this year as well nice yeah once you find when you find something that works for you man it's it's you go with it yeah. I, was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like what's all this about hoka or hawker and i was just like wow they're expensive and they, they look weird <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna yeah, stick to what you know at the moment and um yeah. they haven't caused me any issues, so why fix it if it's not broken? Yeah. There you go. There you go. Okay. It's not broken. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. Um what do you do for uh what do you use for a light? Well uh, you have anything you prefer for headlamp or waist light or anything like that? No, um with Badwater in particular, um, I use just the blinky lights, so stuff which sits around by here and just projects out. Um yeah. okay. I have quite a big head. <laughs> <It's not, laughs> I do, I do t- sometimes put the headlamp on if I need it a lot, but I try to avoid not having it because it does. I'd rather it coming off my chest and just projecting out that way because after a while, it sort of just it feels like quite restraint around your head and so on and such. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've I've always I, I've always used the headlamp, but when you get when you uh, you know when you're running through a whole night, man, it it just it gets heavy, man. You know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I started using a waist light, um, uh, ultra spire. I use the ultra spire one, but a uh, waist light is really nice, you know, oh, just really? to keep. Yeah. And it's pretty, pretty broad and wide. Um, you might like that. And it helps me on trails because when you use the headlamp, you can't see the, um, the, the, the bumps and rocks as much, but when it's on your yeah. waist, you have more of that depth perception that that works pretty good. Um, but, uh, send me a link. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Um, I, I'll zap it to you, but uh, it work, works pretty good, and it's it's on your waist too. So it's the only issue is when you turn your head, it doesn't turn with you. You got to turn your waist while you, you know if you want to see this. So it looks like you're doing some kind of I I don't know some kind of weird uh, Dak Prescott from Dallas Cowboys doing his little waist turn thing or something. Yeah, celebrate dance, victory yeah, dance. Exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, so yeah, well that that's. That's the only uh, anything else you use that 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 might be different or unusual. Um, any uh, um, like, I, there's two things I do swear, but I know three things I swear by actually. Um, I, when I'm in the extreme here, I use mission mission cooling. Have you heard of that? Oh, mission I, cooling. It sounds familiar. I think I might have heard of that. I'm gonna have to write that down. It's mission an American. Cool- yeah, it's an American brand, and okay. literally you um, you put it into water. It could be just normal drinking water. You just drop it in there. It's the material it is. So it's like t-shirts, uh, bandanas, uh, sleeves. Yeah. 
put it in there and then you, you try your best to break it and rip it and then it goes ice cold and over there in death valley it lasts for about half an hour which is a massive thing if you can switch it in and out you yeah. can really regulate your temperature with that material it's fantastic it's um something uh, which I, yeah i'll use every time i go there uh socks so socks is something i'm quite um i love my socks and i need to have the right sock on if i'm going to do like if i'm going to do a long race and i use the uh, steigen or belaga so belaga uh -huh. or steigen um both of those it's absolutely fantastic i don't i get blisters but nothing severe or anything like that it's just it's just wear and tear but those socks like the nice cushioning they're fantastic i think steigen is an australian brand okay belaga i think quite big over in the US anyway so you probably wear them yeah I've heard and of then sunglasses. so sunglasses over there is something which um, you couldn't really do it without a pair of sunglasses because it's the sun is just relentless and it's blinding basically and I use a Gouda Gouda so G-O-O-D-R yeah, um, yeah they're fantastic they're reasonable in price as well and um they look cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get just about any color. <laughs> I break a lot of kit when I'm running it. I'll drop it off my head and stuff. So, like, I, you know, it, I can replace it quite easily. So, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, cool, man. Well, hey, it, it's it's been a pleasure visiting with you, man. I love, love what you're doing. I love that you do a lot of it for charity and, um, you know, just kind of um, – just kind of shows that, you know, you, you recognize that running something you do, but you want it, you want it to count for something, you know, you want it to yeah. mean something. And that's, that's cool. You know, if we can use something we love to help benefit other people, uh, that's huge, man. That's a huge plus. No, you're right, man. And charity is something I always attach to everything I do. Um, I think it just gives you that reason for not giving up when you, you're sort of 90 miles into a hundred mile race and you, you feel like death, but you just think about the reason why you're out there running and, the cause and what people have donated to you and i just think it gives you that that extra kick that you may need to get over the finish line so it's um it's uh yeah something i always attach to anything i do and it's, yeah. it's like you said it's, it's doing your bit of good in the world as well which is cool that's it that's it well man uh i know it's i know it's late there and uh i'm gonna let you go but uh i hope you uh stay safe and uh you know keep your your social distancing as you run tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, hey, thank you so much for having me on and i just want to say good luck for your triple crown in the in the summer as well man that's gonna oh, be insane I, I appreciate it man yeah I'm, I'm i'm excited and terrified so that's a i think that's a good I'm place to be, be. Following that. it's depending <laughs> on how well you do it may be on my uh, bucket list at the end of it oh uh, yeah man yeah you need to add that on there <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, well reese man you take care brother and uh yeah, we'll man. talk again soon all right there you have it, folks, and uh, I'm liking them accents, man. I know they're <laughs> much cooler than my accent. Uh, anyway, as I said, Reese is a good dude. I will put in the show notes on the webpage at www.runtheriot.run um, just uh, ways you can get in touch with Reese through his social media, also a link to, um, to some of the races that he puts on and just a few pictures and some other things. And, uh, yeah, check that out, www.runtheriot.run. Listen, guys. I know right now is a crazy time for everyone. Um, I just want to encourage you to stay positive, uh, stay active. Um, you know, I know a lot of us have had races that are canceled and we can't do what we want to do. But uh, like I always say, when you can't do what you want to do, do what you can do. And uh, so let's, you know, keep it positive and uh, just do what you can, man. You can always do some air squats. You can do some lunges. You can do some push-ups. 
jump on a treadmill and uh, some of us can still run outside and I'm doing that every chance I get. So yeah, I'm putting in extra miles this week because I just, I got to get out, you know? <laughs> so anyway, uh, but really hope you're all doing well and uh, looking forward to being on the other side of this and uh, getting to run with some of you guys again. So uh, yeah, take care guys. God bless. Bye-bye.